What's up, folks? Welcome to Extra Crispy, a podcast of curious conversations on culture, creativity, and spirituality with me, your host, Crispin Schroeder. Wow. Been a crazy week or so, huh? I know I've I've only really, you know, been in this uh, exile from home for a little over a week, but it seems like we've been here a long time. And it seems like the world that existed before this seems kind of far away, kind of unreachable right now. But I'm trying to make the best of it, as I'm sure most of you are as well. So, because this thing affects everybody. So, you know, I started off this year hoping to really turn out podcasts on a much more regular basis. But as I was stepping away from my steady job that I've had for the last 10 years into it, <laughs> about seven jobs at once, I didn't quite realize how hard it would be to do podcasting. Been so scattered in all kinds of different directions, but now I've got lots of time on my hands, so maybe I'll be turning out more. I don't want to I don't want to commit to anything. <laughs> but in the meantime, folks, if you're bored, you can check in with Facebook and I'm doing little uh, live concert shows from my living room called Crispy Tunes from the Living Room where I'm serving up some of my original music, some covers uh, and requests and just having fun. It's very interactive. Even if you don't want to watch it, (laughs) you can put it on in the background while you're playing games with your family and uh, bless your ears, you know, with some Crispy Tunes from the Living Room. All right, now on to this podcast to this podcast features a conversation with a guy by the name of Daryl Galatis. I met Daryl about three years ago, maybe, and first heard his songs by Campfire, which is the best way to hear songs. And uh, we were on a camp out uh, with our church, and Daryl shared some original songs. And I'm like, like this guy, he's got some really great lyrics, music going on. And uh, Daryl and I have become really good friends over the past few years. And I thought, Now's a great time to get him in on the podcast, because not only is he a fantastic musician, songwriter, and person, he's also a psychotherapist, so I thought he could maybe speak to some ways that we can get through this emotionally, mental health-wise. I do have to make a note, though, that some of the audio in here gets a little hot. Um, I was not wearing my headphones while I was doing this so the levels got away from me on a few points so they'll be slightly distorted but the content is great and interspersed throughout this conversation where we talk about music and uh, truth and beauty and mental health and all this stuff uh, you will hear excerpts of Daryl's original songs that I recorded in my living room so really good stuff so let's head to this extra crispy podcast with daryl galatis thanks for listening welcome to the uh extra crispy podcast it's it's been a while folks i'm sorry i've i've been busy in all kinds of different directions and i was just getting to a place where things were starting to get you know i i I thought i was going to be able to simplify things a little bit and then um then we got this damn coronavirus and um Lost all my gigs for <laughs> at least the next month. <laughs> so I figure I'm going to make lemonade. So um, I'm getting back to podcasting, and I've been wanting to have my guest here on on the podcast for 
uh, a while now. We've been talking about it for probably a year. And um, this is a good friend of mine, Daryl Galatis, who is a fantastic songwriter, musician, singer, um, and also a a, <laughs> a psychotherapist. And so I thought, what a great combination. We can get some good music, some talk about that, but maybe even uh, address some of the... Uh, things that can kind of help people cope so welcome to the podcast daryl thank you yeah i was saying my all my loved ones are probably thinking to themselves yeah crispin you got yourself some lemons there you could definitely make some <laughs> lemonade with that dude yeah yep. so we're making lemonade on the back porch uh we're, we're doing this in in Abita springs and so you can hear the birds we're, yeah. we're hoping you can, you as you can. listen to this you just you hear the sounds of nature and it soothes your soul can hear the weed eater birds. <laughs> the weed eater, yeah. Just about, <laughs> just about the time we're starting this, the, uh, the my neighbor decides to get his weed wait, eater. Wait going. till they blow those leaves off of that driveway. <laughs> That'll really be fun. Yeah. So, how's the the how's the quarantine going for you? You got your Andy Gator. You're, you're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, look, I tell you, don't be careful when you offer. Uh, opportunities for quarantine to introverts uh, <laughs> uh, because uh that you know all of a sudden you know there's this kind of manic introversion that that it, it ensues and and to be honest with you it's a zone you know in a sense i mean yes i miss being with people you know doing gratifying things but uh man i gotta tell you <laughs> I got a lot of projects that, you know, were just waiting for such a catastrophe. Manic inter in introversion. Uh, is, that, is that an official diagnosis? <laughs> Negatory. That's uh, completely fictitious. It's not in the DSM. No DSM there. No, no that's not. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's on the fly. So why, why don't we uh, just talk about we'll just we'll talk about like um so you you uh you were a psychotherapist during the day uh superhero that plays music at <laughs> night uh no um <laughs> as you what are some good ways that you recommend people that are feeling very anxious or, or maybe even depressed right now. Is there any recommendations you have for, for helping people cope and get through this time? Well, be present to what's going on. I, I'd like to always start with that, but you know, like I was saying, when I'm, when I, you know, I'm referencing this manic introversion, I mean, imagine people that are doing tons of hobbies, a whole bunch of unfinished things, that you maybe have some hope of actually finishing now. You know, uh, if you're writing, if you're painting, if you're playing music, writing songs, or, you know, uh, you know, woodworking, or um, got a motorcycle project like I do, you know, things like that. I know friends, uh, in fact, Eric Lindell uh, has posted some things recently about his motorcycle project, for instance. Uh, he's got uh, an old Triumph that he's trying to restore a little bit uh, after a little downtime. And this is the perfect time for that kind of stuff. But but those things require you to be present. Uh, you know, hobbies and things like, you know, getting your hand in the dirt and doing a flower bed or raising some herbs or uh, a few little um, 
vegetables or something is really ideal if you can do that because it really makes you feel like you're real and you matter. I, I want to reference those two words a lot. You know, everybody, children, adults, need to know that they are real and that they matter. And gardens and pets and projects make us feel real and it makes us aware of how much we matter. And um, I think when I'm talking about presence, you know, being in this moment, fully hearing, like those wonderful bird sounds in the background, fully hearing them, maybe even, you know, trying to put yourself a little bit in their experience uh, is a matter of presence. You know, when you're present to that, you're living. Now, if you start fretting over, you know, that ingrown toenail or, or, or whatever you've been dealing with, you know, the, the painful stuff, the things that are, are troubling you, um, that's, that's how we experience death. You know, that's, that's a down moment. You know, that's when we're kind of losing steam. That's when we're losing enthusiasm. You can feel the depression, anxiety kind of kicking in when you're focused on those kinds of things. It's kind of like planning. Um, I reference um, planning a lot because anxious people are worried about the future. They're not worried about right now. They're worried about a minute from now, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year from now, a hundred years from now, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's a real thing sometimes. <clears throat> but I reference that, you know, that uh, being tuned to the present rather than any part of the future um, is a detraction it, it takes away from the present moment you know you're you're leaving living and you're going into something else that's not uh necessarily actually ever going to be lived we don't know it's going to be you don't know that your future will be lived in the way that you imagine it so you make a calendar reminder set an alert on your phone or whatever you're going to do and you get back to the present do it quick get back to the present plan for a minute get back to the present if you're doing too much in the future then you're not really you know even these doctors that are working on the uh these uh vi virus vaccines and so forth um those folks are making a plan and then they're executing and that execution process is all in the present the planning part takes an instant or a, a short meeting or something and then they're back to the present they're back to doing the now and that's how you get out of anxiety mind and my goodness with what's going on now <clears throat> that's 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 the advice that I try to live by. Yeah. Yeah. I've got so many projects like this yard. <laughs> <laughs> Never ending. But, but I'm finding, I mean, here we are, we're, we're 
we're not even a week into this new reality yet um but i'm finding and i don't know if it is uh slight depression or something it's like i know i've got things to do but boy it just feels so hard to get them started now i'm always thankful it's just it's just making that step to actually like go outside and take a walk like it seems harder I've always liked taking walks. I like, always like being outside, but I, I feel like sometimes you wake up in the morning and it's just like this this weight that's kind of like just just stay inside, don't do anything, and and that's that's usually a bad recipe for me, you know. <laughs> I suspect most people, but uh. oh yeah, that's that's definitely you know. I mean, that's that's part of the issue with the situation that we're in. That um, you know, people can only visualize so much i mean you know education figures into this but uh, people can only visualize so much there are fears that keep people from being outside at times like this um you know that six feet thing that we're talking about a lot these days you know doesn't necessarily have to be a hundred feet or 200 feet you know you don't have to not go outside at all but it's hard to visualize how that works and the fear can overtake uh, and keep people in. And of course, um, what you're referring to is kind of a procrastination process too. Yeah. So you know something is going to be gratifying to get done, but it takes so long to get it done that you don't really start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and because <laughs> the gratification is spaced out too far on that particular project, the key then is to break it up in little bite-sized pieces and put some gratification in along the way you know so you know uh, a little music time in the backyard with the bird songs and not actually doing any you know big responsibility thing every half hour hour or two hours some people have longer attention spans i you know for me i'm going to sprinkle that that gratification in there probably every hour or so Uh, so that I can stretch and take a break and and feel good about progress so far, get the brain, you know, a little bit of dopamine. You know, dopamine is about looking forward. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, those uh, addicts uh, that have had uh, real catastrophes because of, because of it will will tell you that, um, you need something to look forward to. So it's not that heroin was so great the first time or whenever you, people try it. It is great, but that's not what's great. The looking forward wow. to it is what sparks the dopamine. You get the dopamine in the looking forward to it. When you start to visualize it, the dopamine happens and you get rewarded right then. So it's like the mission to return to that that you know whatever addictive substance and man you could substitute anything you want there but to return to it you know that brain fires off a little dopamine and says yeah oh yeah that was that good thing uh pain-free moment uh ahead and (laughs) you know let's uh let's look forward to that and let's reward that and dopamine is the body rewarding itself yeah basically so you want to get that set up to where you get the rewards often enough that the procrastination doesn't overtake you yeah 
That's good. And, and by the way, procrastination is perfectionism in another way of speaking. Yeah, procrastination uh, oftentimes is per, uh, perfectionism. You know, in other words, if I can't do it perfect, I won't do it at all. Wow. And people miss that piece too. You know, accept partial. You know, this is a, a not this is not a pass fail kind of exam, if uh, if I may, <laughs> in quotes. You know, it's not pass fail. It's you get partial credit for doing partial work and if the if the house is partially clean doesn't matter if it's still partially dirty the partially clean part is worth celebrating and the perfectionist can't really foresee rewarding partial so just throwing that out there Cleaned out my attic Cleaned out the shed Cleaned out the garage And now I'm working on the contents of my head Yeah, it ain't a one-man job Whole bunch of ideas in there Block my potential Whole bunch of beliefs that make my problems exponential There go a dozen Here go a score All those beliefs I clung to Rolling out the door I don't miss them Yeah, never done me no identity The baggage of my history won't define me I'll know what parts me When I'm empty Every new day I'll start with a clean slate Each new course presented on its own plate Discreet and focused like a single malt scotch Cleanse my palate but I never wear a watch Cause I know when Yeah of my history won't define me I'll know what parts me the 
At the bottom of the lake Where the barnacles climb Give these tired aching shoulders some relief Light on my feet I'll dance Smooth and graceful I voice a little more spare and tasteful come sit down with me watch the sunset listen as the night sounds fire up absent all regret a symphony yeah for carrying on well, I Choose who I'm gonna be Hand me down to identity The baggage of my history won't define me I'll know what parts me When I'm empty When I'm empty When I'm empty I think some of the most depressing times I've noticed in my life and in other men's lives is when they lose their job or something and they just feel like there's this gaping hole and it's it's a little worrying to me right now that it feels like everything from the president of the United States and Congress down to state government it feels like we're just trying stuff out you know hoping that that you know and and I, I'm not disagreeing with with the actual measures but there are some serious unintended consequences and i'm i'm wondering if in the next few weeks if we don't see a serious spike uh in people with with depression you know anxiety disorders that are, are really exacerbated and 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 i'm hoping you know because I, I i think every mass shooting that we've seen over the last 20 years has usually been the the most fragile people in society who who are mentally um not in a good place and because of isolation, you know, and, and crazy thoughts and, and just getting on the Internet and, you know, there's plenty of crazy stuff to stoke that, you know, they snap. And I'm I'm just worried, like, you know, when you take people, you take people's livelihood away, you put them at home, put their kids at home, and then you can't get around any other human beings. What is the cost on mental health in this country? You know, what is that, you know... Um, What's that going to look like? I have no answers, but some of my thoughts. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you're, you're spot on. There's, there's that. That's already happening. Okay, yeah. and, and and I'll tell you where where I see it immediately is the senior class. You know, this yeah. uh, this uh, 2020 
uh, senior class that is graduating from high school and or college uh, have had their purpose ripped out from under them in a sense. I mean, yeah, they're still, you know, they're, they're going to have to finish their courses online and things like that. But the social aspect of it is gone. And that yeah. was the real purpose, folks. That was really the thing. This is the thing about all education programs from K through 12 and then well in through college. Yeah, you may be learning a skill and, and some, you know, some real information about how to navigate the world. <clears throat> but the big, the big thing is social. And these poor kids are facing uh, a, a big change in their social hours. You know, seven or eight of those hours a day are not nearly as social as they used to be because they're on screen with a teacher and not with all of their friends and not having breaks, not meeting in the hall, not having a lunch uh, or breakfast. You know, they're they're experiencing things through a very different lens so <clears throat> i would reference that first and foremost but th that of course extends to all the workforce people as well but you know i think adults are, are going to be somewhat better equipped as a as a general rule uh kids uh depend on others for their structure they yeah. they don't they don't have a whole lot of structure in their mind yet. And and don't forget, it's really crucial that the moral part of the mind, you know, that moral reasoning thing in the temporal lobe, you know, that, that stuff doesn't fully develop until you're about 25. Yeah. So that's the part that really does the superego piece of, of, you know, putting the lines on the road and saying, you know, don't go outside of these, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, before that, it, it's sketchy, man. There's it, just it's look tough. at the. Do you see? Have you seen the clips of those people uh, on spring break in? Oh Miami? my God! Have you seen that? <laughs> That's a prime example. That, well, there you go. Rest my case, right? You know, I mean, I can't verify <laughs> all that stuff, but I imagine that that is fully accurate. I think yeah. if you sent a drone over that beach and you saw all those people, you got to be thinking to yourself, man, that's not. Uh, the same reality I'm living. <laughs> but, you know, there is your moral reasoning yeah. thing, and what do you want to bet that they're younger than 25 by oh, large yeah. margin, right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair. Let's go with it. So, <clears throat> when, uh, we'll, we'll talk about music for a little bit. Um <laughs> You, you I got don't any, mind if we do. You don't mind if we do. Let's talk about something uh, not depressing. <laughs> so we're um, off of the work part, okay? That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Duly noted. What uh, you got? Any go-to artist that, when you're going through difficult times, you like to listen to that? That really, you know, you feel like yes. they speak to what you. Oh. Well, you know, the the list is long, but uh, <laughs> stop me when you want. <laughs> I am, look, I'm listening constantly. I, I constantly reference back, and I'm in this John Schofield thing again. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, John Schofield has such a, a great variety, and I just watched a Miles Davis uh 
biography on PBS oh, that kind of got me. Yeah. You know, they really neglected the guitar players in Miles Davis's bands. Uh, it pretty much entirely in this biopic. I mean, it was a Miles Davis picture to be to be clear. So yeah. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge them that. But I found myself craving, you know, uh, you know. Now that I think about it, uh, Mike, uh, uh, what's his name? Mike uh, Stein. Uh, Stern, Mike Stern. Michael Stern was featured in this biopic. And while, you know, I love Michael Stern, I think he's really great. Uh, I was thinking, gosh, they got to have John Schofield. Yeah. And I was really craving it. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, bring John Schofield on. And it never did that. I, you know, I, I don't know that I saw every minute of it. I might have been on the phone for a minute or something, but I really didn't see the guitar stuff. And I'm, I'm such a, a guitar guy. I kind of see through that lens a little bit, you know, so I'm wanting to to hear the perspectives from the guitar guys yeah. because they kind of speak to my nature a little bit more. Um, I have no uh, trumpet sense whatsoever. So, I mean, when I hear uh, Miles Davis talking, uh, it does sound different to me because his instrument is vastly different. But anyway, so John Schofield, for sure. Um, uh, there, uh, I've had you know, some Tab Benoit phases. I've gone back and listened to everything he ever did. It's nice and simple three-piece band stuff, yeah. you know, guitar-based uh, and very direct, you know, very uh, very straight, very simple, very, uh, um, very pleasing to my ear in every yeah. which way. It's so rhythmic. I mean, uh, Tab is a, a drummer uh, at heart, so he... Um, really favors these new orleans rhythms a lot and a lot of these blues things and in particular over the last few months i've been listening to the sea saint sessions where he uh you know recorded in the defunct studio where alan toussaint you know recorded so many wonderful things you know like mccartney and you know all the new orleans greats anyway um <clears throat> so that kind of simplistic uh bluesy guitar kind of stuff uh works for me a lot but uh jazzier things which Schofield tends to to you know uh delve out into uh work well for me especially the instrumentals because they allow you to do some introspection yeah um you know, the things that have words, you know, I'm realizing that I was not a word guy yeah. for probably 40 years of my life, maybe 50. Now I think about it, I'm really underestimating probably 50 <laughs> years of my life. I just didn't pay attention to the yeah. words other than, you know, if they were in the liner notes, I'd read them and I'd get into it like Elton John's lyrics. I mean, Bernie Taupin, I mean, yeah, well, that's my guy. So, I mean, that's some serious l lyricism right there. I love that stuff. That stuff will always be dear to me. I've got Yellow Brick Road in my iPhone, my iPod, whatever you want to call it, the Apple Music, whatever, uh, all the time. That's that's always a, a reference point for me. Probably one of the first or second albums I ever bought, you know. But uh, uh, I uh, am a big Almond Brothers 
fan, big Galactic fan. I took some drum lessons with Johnny Vodakovich, so just about anything that he recorded, and that crosses into John Schofield territory. He and Schofield. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did a bunch of. Which album? um, Well, for instance, Flat Out in like 80, I don't know, maybe 84, 85, something like that. Um, This was right before I saw John Schofield. He came to play at Charlie B's. And Johnny Vodakovich and uh, um, Steve Mazikowski were wow. were present for that. So I got to talk with them, you know, Astral Project guys. I don't know if Tony was there. Tony DeGrotta may have been there too. But but this was right uh, maybe after Schofield recorded um, Time on My Hands, uh, which was like 86. And then he may have done another album or two so this would have been early 90s that i saw him uh so you know joe lovano days uh, he had a lot yeah. of joe lovano saxophone back in those days remember his album uh yes it's called loud jazz yes so my getting familiar with john scofield it, it is really funny how one comes across their musical influences you know like I, I read an article this was probably a decade ago that said whatever music you get into between about 14 and 16 will be music that stays with you for it actually not just music whatever you actually get into as a person yeah and it, it is really weird like i look all these years later and it's like yeah the stuff that i started getting into in those couple of years like i'm still listening to john Schofield. i'm yeah. still you know 
into a lot of the same things. But my introduction to John Schofield was was um, interesting because I was I was hanging out with some kids at the mall on a Friday night or something, and I had a book of matches, and I was just like, you know, striking the match, throwing yep. it kind of thing. And typically, the match just falls out as soon as it hits the ground, just being stupid the way you are. And um, I threw your one. Seat <laughs> I feel it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I threw one and it landed in a trash can. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it'll go out the way that, because I mean, even if I tried to do that right now, it chances are I couldn't make that happen. We kept walking around the mall and then security comes up to us and they said the, the trash can caught on fire. And I'm like, so I get in trouble. And then I had to go to teen court and they gave me like six, 10 hours of community service. And I, I opted to serve at the local Midland community theater. And, um, the, uh, so I was working with set design. So the guy who was building all the sets, man, he was playing John Schofield every day. I was like, what is this stuff? He goes, he starts telling me about all the musicians. So the only reason I got into it was because I threw a match in that trash can. So it, it, it was rather serendipitous. And, and it's funny all these years later, I, I introduced my son Ezra to, to Schofield. Um, and now for his talented music class, he's learning um, a go-go uh, from, oh, yeah. from John Schofield's album. And he won't get to perform it now. But uh, it's it's such a joy to hear, you know, this thing kind of come full circle. You know, when I was Ezra's age, that's when I got exposed to him. And now Ezra's playing him and... and uh, Good to hear him actually playing some Schofield. Oh my God, that's got to be very <laughs> gratifying. I could throw all the guitars and drums I wanted at my kids, and you know, I probably overwhelmed them with it. <laughs> it, it, it just didn't take. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't their nature so much. But uh, yeah, I'd be delighted to, you know, to to have that being played in the house, or even striving toward it. You know, yeah. I mean, without without getting there. I mean, you know just the striving toward yeah. it and being motivated by it that's cool stuff yeah those martin modesky wood albums oh man those two that uh, he he recorded one i guess under their name yeah or kind of the modesky schofield exactly martin, yeah. exactly out louder um uh, and uh a go-go really a go-go still is one of my it's just it's just amazing all around
you know, Modesky. Uh, one of the highlights of Jazz Fest in the last uh, decade for me was seeing John Modesky taking Art Neville's place in the meters. What? Oh, yeah, that was... How'd I miss that one? Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. I wouldn't want John Modesky to take my place. <laughs> well, you know... I, I, you know, that's a, that's got to be a hard thing. I, I, you know, I hate having lost art, but yeah. man, let me tell you, that was an exciting set of music. Oh, yeah. And you know, you still got George, you still got Zigaboo, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still even even Leo was playing yeah. for that show. So I mean, this was this was a a really powerful set of music, but this was uh, like. Right before, this was the closing Sunday a few years back. I don't know, maybe three years ago. Closing set right right before uh, Trombone Shorty uh, on the Acura stage. So uh, I hope I'm remembering that accurately. But, oh, my goodness, just bliss. I mean, it was just heavenly. Wow. Um, so anyway, uh, you're a keyboard guy, John Modesky. Oh, man, yeah. He, yeah, we... I, I guess my introduction to Modesky was actually John Schofield on that Agogo album, and then I started getting into Modesky, Martin Wood, which eventually led me to the Wood Brothers. Which uh, you know, it's been a good journey. Like that that yeah. one that one match I threw in that. Uh, yeah, how many degrees of separation <laughs> when it's all over with, right? You know, so yeah, that's so you've been you've not been a word guy for most of your life, and now you're now you're you're getting into songwriting. You're writing. You're, you're Man, using I stumbled your into that. Yes, <laughs> how'd you stumble? completely how you stumbled songs? into that? Well, you know, right before my dad died, you know, probably uh, summer of uh, 2015, I stumbled across the North Shore Songwriter Circle at uh, at the Beach House, and really? these guys had already been meeting for you know like five years they've been meeting close to 10 now it's like nine or ten years now and uh i've only been going there this is my fifth year so uh that's how long i've been you know officially writing songs i've uh, before that i had written maybe three and i don't even know if i could find those but uh i had a, a little blip of creative songwriting for a minute uh, back in the 80s but uh it didn't take and i didn't really ha- you know i didn't have any people around me i didn't have any encouragement or yeah. uh you know i wasn't motivated but uh man look i found my people you know what happened is i i brought a guitar and i accompanied people for the first maybe three or four months of this thing i accompanied people and didn't write anything, you know, for those first really? three, three or four months, you know, because I was terrified of performing my own song. And, you know, they were good. I mean, there were some of these guys, I mean, Buzz Jackson, Paul oh, yeah. Wilson, uh, Tommy Ike Haley, you know, these guys are, are yeah. serious. These guys have some really great writing and great performing skills. Uh, John West, uh, there's a whole cast of guys that uh, have pretty much been there from the beginning. Um, uh, Tony Eller, uh, you know, uh, Pal Owen, 
these guys really were good. So, I mean, it was fairly intimidating for a little bit there. But, and uh, like Brian Jones, Bicycle Jones, uh, he and Amanda Ogle Jones are doing spectacular riding now. They're, they're winning awards. Uh, Paul Wilson is, is winning awards for some of his songs. I mean, these are, these are really people that, that have a, a real skill at it. But I got to say, you know, none of it sounded like Daryl. Yeah. So eventually I, you know, started figuring out that I would have to start seeking what what would be my flavor. I haven't completely found it yet, but I can yeah, tell you. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> right? You know, it's a process. I mean, yeah. you're never at the end of that thing. But I, I get a little bit more of it each song I write. This is how it goes. Nothing on the tube that I can do a thing about Ain't no sense me feeding my blues Watching people preen and spout What's being bought and sold The selling's getting old Space's at a premium Look at me and see me I'm filled up with worry And always in a hurry so I sit down to contemplate a thing or two that I'm grateful for Things I appreciate, take for granted, and I tend to ignore Gifts from the great divine, like vintage bottles of wine Time improves the flavor, better for to savor that sweet gift that can't be bought Don't you know? The world's never been better than it is right now Take it slow Cause everywhere little hopeful things are Gonna show us how more love and understanding Better takeoffs and softer landings The world's never been better than it is right now Peace is breaking out all over Sure as I thought it wouldn't Enlightened minds sprout common as clover I was betting that they couldn't Taking only what they need Planting every other seed Comforting the hurting Questioning the certain Opening minds without crowbars I've heard it said Things are getting worse We've made our bed Feels more like a hearse that's a view taken through lazy eye. What about the joy that lifts the swallow up to the sky? So I might be missing all kinds of signs That catastrophe is brewing All I got's my feelings and a mind That makes false what's true And knowing the two apart Wouldn't be too bad of a start 
just like the birds in the trees that got a song and I take my cues from mother nature don't you know the world's never been better than it is right now take it slow cause everywhere little hopeful things are gonna show us how more love and understanding better take off some softer landings the world's never been better than it is right now Shared all around Every year this guitar has a sweeter sound The world's never been better than it is right now The world's never been better than it is right now It's been a it's been a tough process. It's uh, it's put me in touch with some uh, difficult things. It's it's uh, it caused me to have to face some hard feelings. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of things that are kind of latent and lurking that show up. You know, when you're doing yeah. your creative process. I mean, every artist For knows sure. this to some extent, but you know, I'm getting uh this is my 59th year and i can tell you uh there's things i'm starting to face that it's probably a good time to start facing them (laughs) you know and uh, they're not a picnic always to face but uh it's rewarding every bit of the way and you know when you've got a product at the end of it that's actually causing people to have good emotions you know uh desirable emotional responses man What's more motivating than that? You, I don't care how much of an introvert you are. When you see other people emoting to oh, your music, yeah, yeah. uh-oh, man, you are in a whole different zone there. Oh. That is that's an entirely different experience. And uh, you may, as an introvert or, you know, a lot of my Aspie friends would have a lot of difficulty reading all the facial expressions and everything else, but they know when somebody's emoting yeah. to their creativity. Yeah. And that is powerful, powerful stuff. So, anyway, there's my... Whirlpools form at the edges of my paddle As I ply the dark water's home The osprey and the eagle see me not as foe to battle though they survey the same land that I roam Nutria my brother how you thrive in these surroundings As if you'd lived here all along Alligator swims beside me Not offended how I'm sounding As I sing my gratitude in this song Bon Fukai, hold me in your arms 
Catch will make a supper sure to please. Bonfuka, you hold me in your arms. I can feel your breath whisper me to sleep. The heart that beats in you is the same that beats in me. And your beauty at the sunset makes me weep And your beauty at the sunset makes me weep Yeah! There you go. I know even... When I'm playing these gigs at this, uh, my, my standard gig the last few months has been at the uh, the Chop House, which is a nice steakhouse, and I'm in this little kind of bar area that opens up the dining room. And there's those periods where you can play for an hour, and it and you're just complete background music. And, and I always just think, well, I will take this chance to try some new songs because nobody's paying attention. But it is it's such a wonderful thing when... Because I've, I've noticed a, a, a secret about doing these kind of piano things is like you, you're, you're trying to you're trying songs out to see like, OK, when do, when do I find the thing that actually gets into their world? And once you hit that man and, and you do, you see that noticeable moment where there is an emotional connection and um, and, and it's like the energy ch- changes yep. in the whole room. And it's like it, it's the uh, I start playing better. Yep. Yeah, you know, and, there it is. And and there's this like uh, 
this this energy between you know that that, that begins to come alive, and I think that that's uh, that's a wonderful thing, and that's that's one of the, you know even even this week, you know, I've I've done the Facebook Live thing a couple of times. I did it last well, not last night. I did last night with a I did a remote broadcast with a church in Sugarland, um, but you know, I'm going to do that again tonight where I'm just going on and just going to play some requests and stuff. But I, I, you know, I just tried it just on Tuesday night just to see, I didn't know if like, is there going to be five people watching or whatever? But I really do feel like now, particularly with the anxiety, the depression, um, I really had a sense of like, no, this is, this is really actually helping people. This is actually, yep. this is one of the reasons why like music is such a good thing because it does not only does it give me something to do to to keep me from from feeling useless um purpose but there yeah but there is this even over the internet there there is this you i still get that sense even though i can't see faces of like you know this this song is really giving um sounds and words that that are helping people deal with what they've got going on whether it's experience joy for a few minutes or actually to to enter into their grieving or their their sadness so they can feel those things in a better way and uh you know i got done doing that on wednesday night i was i guess i was on for about an hour you know i was like you know even though i was a pastor for 10 years like i really feel like as a musician i'm doing as much or more ministry now than <laughs> I was as a pastor, yep. whether it's at a steakhouse or, 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 or these kinds of things, because, um, and, and what an encouragement. I thought about this yesterday, you know, it was just a week and a half ago where you couldn't see like 90% of everything on Facebook was just political trolling sh- stuff, you know, it, and it's, it's been nice to see that, Music has replaced a lot of that. Yes. I'm not holding my breath that it's going to last, but... No, (laughs) there will be plenty of burnout. This is going to create some new burnouts, uh, you know, burnout feelings. But what you're talking about, you know, uh, when you you were talking about the audience um, influencing you to play better, um, I believe that that actually lifts up lifts us beyond our solo abilities you know in other words it's beyond your ability as an individual and what you actually start to feel like as you walk away from a gig like that is that i i've never played that well you know i I, i'm not i'm not even able to do that kind of on my own so they kind of floated me up a little bit and I'm really curious to see how that's going to look in the virtual world. I mean, I certainly see the musicians. In fact, uh, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook who grew up in the near vicinity where I grew up in Bayou Liberty, um, Tiffany Pollock, uh, is a kind of a jazz vocalist um, in New Orleans and uh, has a number of different gigs going. And I saw a little... uh, video cast that she was doing and she was so animated in this thing 
and looking at the screen and seeing people she knew popping up on the screen, not as faces, but as as names, you know, yeah. just little text names and posting a little comment, you know, just to let her know that they were there. And she just lit up. And I thought to myself, my goodness, that's that is incredibly compelling that she was really in this like if she had a live audience yeah. and it's like i didn't expect it i mean I, I i've seen a lot of people play online and they do wonderful jobs all of them so many people do great jobs uh performing without their audience i admire that i, I kind of hesitate to imagine that i i'm going to be able to do that but but I saw her on a whole different level with a, a little... Don't um, underestimate your manic introversion. Right, right. <laughs> but she's playing with, you know, bass and, and piano, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't remember if there was another instrument there. There may have been a drum. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, it was a nice little setting. And she just was so animated in this process that it gave me a lot of hope that people could maybe get their needs met, uh, you know, musicians, that is, through this virtual performance um, paradigm. It, it's going to be a, a new thing. I'll, I'll be watching all the you know, it definitely, evolution I will it. say it definitely doesn't feel as good as playing in not. front of actual people, but... It's better than nothing, and I, I do feel it's it's kind of a reality that I'm I'm kind of beginning to, you know, settle into a little bit more. But, you know, it it is funny, like what you're saying. The, like I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought four months ago that I was gonna you know be doing these kind of piano gigs, which probably you know on a, any given night thirty to forty percent of what you're doing is you're getting requests, and the diversity of material I do in a three or four hour gig. And, and that's another thing, you know, playing three or four hours nonstop with people, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it certainly got my chops up a lot better, but you oh, know, yeah. you, you, you'll get anything from your, your, your standard, uh, Billy Joel piano man thing, which if I can make it a night without playing it, it's always a good night, but, um, uh, <laughs> all the way to, you know, Elton John, uh, Lady Gaga, you know what I mean? It just it just goes all Willie Nelson, all, it just goes all over the place and there's no sense to it. And and actually I think some people they actually just request songs just to mess with you see it like you won't be able to pull this off. I'll give you $20 if you can't. But um but it really I I've talked to to certain friends of mine and they're like, "How do you do that? How do you like just like jump into a song you've never played?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's like free falling, but there is something yeah. in that moment even when I explain to the person like, "I've never played this song." They're like, "Well, you can do it." Okay, if you believe in me, I'm going to I'm going to jump off of this without yeah. a parachute and but it really is a, a cool interactive exchange that you know, a lot of times when I do a song for the first time that I've never even tried and I'm only vaguely, you know, I, I'm never going to say it's like the most awesome version of that song, but it's certainly a lot better because there's people right there in that moment than if I was just sitting in my living room trying to do it by myself. You know, it, right. it, it's a weird thing that, that, uh, that 
relational component to this thing well, that we do. It, adrenaline figures into this. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've got a no, bunch of judges, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I mean, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, you know, I think you have to be to be a live performer on some level. Yeah. You know, and for those people, I look at it, you know, in the psychology world, you know, that's a that's a population of judges out there you know that's 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 not you looking up at a bench of one judge that's you looking at yeah. the whole supreme court times 10 right you yep. know so <laughs> so the adrenaline really comes yeah. and you know that's pr- probably what's happening on that in that online world that i'm yeah. experiencing to a, to a little bit of an extent you get enough balance between uh friends that you know that are real safe people, yeah. you know, who are going to judge, they're, they're gonna judge like you kindly. You <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you can't do wrong by them. But then there's a few that show up that are new. And I got to tell you, it's the new people yeah. that really motivate me to that next level. Yeah, it is. Totally. It's the new people. The, the, the friends are comfort and I will always love them being there. But that's not what's lifting me to the next level. The yeah. next level is the new yeah. The potential fan, the future fan, <laughs> you know, uh, or somebody that I can, you know, move emotionally in a positive way. I mean, if there's any possibility of that, that sparks that adrenaline. That's not far from dopamine, okay? It's a different, yeah. it's a different <laughs> gland, but adrenaline, you know, is a, a, a painkiller, uh, yeah. among other things. Yeah. I mean, yes, you know, look, when, when, uh, uh what's his name, um, uh, uh, what's that? Uh, superhero, the green guy. Green Lantern. Uh, no, no, close. Uh, this is different. This is uh, Green Hornet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's another green guy. Uh, what is his name? The Hulk. Oh. The Hulk. Oh. The Hulk. That right. <laughs> that green guy. The Hulk is uh, you know, he's uh, he's all you know inflated and and you know muscled up and all that stuff but you know it's very much like those steroids that a lot of bodybuilders use adrenaline is that yeah adrenaline is that it's the same stuff for all practical purposes it'll kill you okay let's be careful (laughs) it'll kill you in in high doses it'll it'll tear your your tissues apart but but the truth, you know, soft tissues will really be dissolved by this stuff. Really? I'm, I'm not kidding. Wow. I'm not kidding. You know, ask somebody that's gotten a bunch of cortisone shots. They'll show you the sinkhole where that was. Wow. You know, that I, I don't want to get too graphic in that. But the bottom line is adrenaline is right there with cortisone. It's, it's so much the same thing. It kills pain and it makes you feel invincible. Okay, so that's what your audience is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I was the type of person that could just be, you know, I, I, I've heard, all, you know, particularly like these jazz guys that, you know, uh, what was it? Dave Weckl. I had a friend that went to oh. one of his uh, drum clinics oh. and he said, yeah, he, Weckl. there was oh. a period of a few years where he was practicing like 12, 16 hours a day. And it's like, crazy. I talent. admire that. And I, I, you know, well, that's I, mania, by the way. No, no offense, Dave. No offense. But I, I, I wish that I had more discipline in the craft. But I, I've realized I'm, I'm coming to accept this about myself that I need 
like the thing that perpetually makes me a better musician is throwing myself into situations where I'm free falling. Like that's the that's the stuff that gets my ass in gear and 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 gets me, you know, it even gets me practicing, you know? I mean, like if oh, I don't have something on the calendar that gets me outside in front of people, you know, I start structure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the structure. Yeah. yeah, and it's externally uh, you know, really set most of the time uh because that kid mind in us doesn't really like to do structure. No. Somebody else do that, okay? Please, you know, somebody else be my accountant. You know, I don't yeah. want to be that. I don't want the rows and columns, okay? I like I like to fly by the seat of my pants. Yep. Well, you know, when you're talking about Dave Weckl, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, you come across to me as as a one of these laid back people that is going to soothe and comfort people by your your good nature, and and that's you know as a, as a pastor, uh, and you know me being kind of uh, anything but a, a church guy. I was raised Catholic, and it was thoroughly structured yeah. uh you know so when i showed up at your church at north shore vineyard uh and i heard the music i'm hearing loose you know booty shaking kind of uh new orleans beats and and uh you know kind of r&b feel to this thing where it's a looseness and and it's the looseness that really drew me into that. So I, I referenced like um, Robin Ford was talking about, for instance, another one of my favorite guitar players that I'm listening to a lot still. Um, he was talking about, I don't pick the guitar up anymore just for these casual things. Uh, I don't play the guitar, you know, while I'm watching TV. I play it with a purpose. And I'm like, ooh, crap, I hope I never get there. Yeah. I, I almost, you know, it almost was so repellent, repulsive in a way to me to hear him that he's, you know, I mean, goodness, this guy has, you know, he played with Miles Davis, too. And this is another one of those guys that, uh, you know, has that that Texas Austin sound. I mean, you're you're familiar. We talked recently oh, yeah. about Eric Johnson, those guys. You know, and Bonamas and all these fellas that that have that that kind of a sound and this this incredible virtuosity. Well, uh, Robin Ford is talking about I I don't play the guitar without a purpose, and I'm like, ooh man, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I mean, I pick it up as comfort. I pick it up as um, just a way to unwind. Yeah. You know, like some people will pick up a glass of wine or a beer or something i'll pick up the guitar yeah and uh i i look at a lot of the artists that i like listening to uh you know i'm thinking like like lake street dive is is very popular these days and andrew bird my goodness oh, i mean yeah. goodness gracious these people uh and i've noticed that you've made some mentions about uh um What's the young lady that plays the guitar with Andrew? Um, uh, I know gosh. who you're talking about. Yeah, sorry, I can't remember <laughs> her name. Uh, it starts with a C. Anyway, yeah. uh, anyway, you know she's got enough book knowledge and theory and all that stuff you know she gets all that stuff but then she plays these loose raggedy yeah. things that just sound like that pair of jeans that's got a few <laughs> holes and and a little worn and and faded 
Uh, it's just comfortable stuff, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm drawn to that. I'm not, you know, Paganini. Uh, I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not, I'm not so hyper structured. I'm not Bach. You know, Bach is wonderful, and I love that stuff in its in its own place. But for me, what I'm drawn to is the looser stuff, more yeah. improvisational, and different every time kind of music. Yeah, you know, it it's it's funny because the. You know, I mean, I've been playing music professionally since I was 18 uh, in so many different contexts. But when I first, like, back in December, when I first, like, played my first, like, just straight-up piano gig, there was a three-hour gig, and and I mean, I was a little I was a little nervous going into it. And then, like, pulling up to the place, I'm like, dude, you're freaking what playing pan- piano in New Orleans. And I was just, like, I started feeling so insecure because I'm like you know being in a city that is known for you know Home jelly roll El- El- Marsalis, right yeah, jelly, jelly roll martin, martin you know alan Toussaint, uh james booker dr john it's like you man I, I just started feeling but i was like you know number one it's too late to get any better you you, you you're, you're at this level right now just settle in and do what you do and i realized that you know i i think I think that's that's such a huge part of it is just learning that okay, um, I've got plenty of friends that can just run circles around me, technic, you know, in a technical sense, um, and and I and I I'm certainly want to keep getting better, you know, on my chops and what I can do, and my understanding. But at the same time, I do feel like that that looseness that you're talking about, that ability to just settle down and you know it's. It, it's being present, by the yeah, way. It is. It is. What I'm saying is yeah, really totally. in the moment. You yeah. don't plan it. It's not written. It's never going to be written. Yeah. This is improvised, and that is present. And you, and you, you, you see whether it's John Schofield, Yo-Yo Ma, BB oh, yeah. King. Oh yeah. Anybody who does something that really connects with your soul, when you actually watch them doing it, it, it just seems effortless. There's no tension in their playing. Right. You know, it's... <laughs> well, they're being their total self. Yeah, they're, they they're completely, completely relaxed completely themselves in that moment. And when, when they are, that is unity with your higher power, whatever yeah, you, yeah, whatever you totally. choose about the universe, that's unity. Yeah. You know, people talk about unity gain and all that stuff. You know, I'm like, look, you'll know when unity, you will know unity when you get there. Yeah, that's it, good. It is holy mackerel. You know, I mean, you are really resonating at that moment. And of course, it looks effortless. It's so much bigger than you. Yeah. You are a particle in this thing, for yeah. crying out loud. So, yeah, that's powerful. Well, and I, and I think that that's the. I've I've probably mentioned this before on this podcast, um, but I think the one of the things I love so much about playing music is like I never get tired of it. Like I still have this childlike wonder, you know. Like like I I still feel like a child with it, you know. Like thank like, God, yeah, you know. Like it's to be celebrated. Like I I love learning, you know. I mean I'm I'm I but I but learning's never like this perfectionist thing. Like I've got to get. To, it's like. I just feel like I can always get it's it's this one thing I can do that you can never get worse at you know as long as you have ten fingers and <laughs> wasn't it Van Cliburn uh, that that had that quote you know the Van Cliburn piano mm-hmm. uh, competition yeah 
I think it was him and God, I hope I don't get that wrong, but uh, who he quoted, you know, people were marveling at how much he was playing on a daily basis, just practice wise. And, and it'll be like, you know, goodness, uh, why on earth at this stage of your career are you practicing yeah. six, eight hours in a day? And he, he says, I think I'm getting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and that's it. As yeah. long as you think you're getting better, if you can convince yourself that, what could feel better? Well, no, and that and that's, that's the progress, man. Yeah. That's I mean, super. even even music theory, like I've I've a lot of times I'll late night before I go to bed, I'll I'll watch YouTube videos on music theory. And I'm just I love music theory more now than I ever have, but but what I love about music theory is like coming across music theory that explains what I've intuitively stumbled upon, you oh, know, because oh, that's... You a, are really on to something now. Y- you know, yeah, because that's... Oh, a, good. We're starting our second hour now. <laughs> oh. You know, because, like, like when you encounter some kind of thing and you know it's a big and you you see how this chord relates to that one and the next one and yes. how this melody or how this scale or mode will work over it, even if you don't know that oh, it's yeah. a mode or a scale or whatever. Oh, and And yeah. then you finally like watch something that explains it and you're like, Oh, that's why this works. What a, that seems like a much more natural and joyful way to encounter truth than the standard model in, in education in the West, which is to tell you some abstract concept that has, that's not grounded in any reality that you've experienced and then hope that you get it in an abstract way. It seems like if you can kind of, experience and intuit these things and then kind of it, yeah it's it's a and but it's such a then it just feels like a light bulb going off well that that's all science was ever meant to be yeah. is an explanation of stuff you already feel yeah you know i mean it, it basically codifies what you already feel uh, you feel it i mean goodness an amoeba does plenty of science but uh, you know i could talk till i'm blue in the face to it about science and it's like i, I don't yeah. know I'm, I'm, I'm an amoeba dude you know so <laughs> but you know it's like me in algebra trigonometry when i was teaching in telecom i would teach logarithms to guys that need to understand a little bit about wave propagation and why you know, waves that don't have a nice clean pipe to to go through kind of get distorted. And distortions that happen cost you quality of television pictures and and quality of, you know, broadcast quality, things like that. And, uh, you know, I get to talking about how waves propagate and I'm like, dude, this is everywhere now. Uh, You know, I can talk to you about fiber optics and say, okay, this is the main place or coax. This is, this is where waves are happening, but you know, they're happening on the ponds and lakes. You know, those waves are happening in your ears. You know, those sound waves, you know, there's waves everywhere. And all that, that trigonometry and, you know, logarithms and things of that nature in in the math world just explain what you always felt we had to devise a way of decoding what we felt and that's our that's our science that's that's what science is you know the feelings came first we were our brain is set up you know what 80 percent of your brain is used to interpret feelings and and it's an incredible amount of your brain is dedicated to that kind of stuff not very much of it is the cerebrum check it out sometime yeah. <laughs>
cerebral stuff is a tiny piece of it. Most of it is sensing and feeling, which is bird and lizard territory, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're in the dinosaur territory with that. But, you know, that, that's the thing. Theory is gratifying because it, it actually validates what you already felt. Yeah. Not to mention you, that even even when you hear the difference between, say, a C and you go up a fifth and hear a G, most people can hear that distinction or the distinction between a C and a and an E. That's complex math. Yes. I mean that that's those you're you're yes. you are decoding ratios right there yes. and you recognize them instantly. Yes. And you don't have to see them, you don't have to know the math behind them, but you know the math behind them because you can hear it. And and that's the I and I'm blown away. Like I always felt stupid when it came to math. You know, like I was never good at math in school. And I'm still not great at math. But I feel like the the more I learn music theory, the more I'm like I think if they would have ever taught math alongside of music, I think I would have been, I think I could have really, I don't think I'm stupid when it comes to math. I just don't think like the, the way of teaching it made any sense to me or engaged, engaged me different strokes, in, a, yep. in a different sort of way. But it's like, man, you look at those diagrams like John Coltrane wrote <laughs> up about, you know, it's like you see oh. the, the geometry oh, of music goodness. and stuff. And it's like, Man, like that stuff is exciting, and and it's like, it's, you know, I read this book um, a couple of years ago. This physicist that was talking about how so often in science the theories that actually are right are also beautiful. Yes, yes you know, like, it, yes. and and he and he he has this hypothesis that if we ever come up with a theory of everything or, or theories that are breakthroughs that there's this sense in much of the physicist community that it will be an elegant and beautiful theory that most of what we uncover that's true is not just true it's actually beautiful and and i think well and that's that's actually in my way of thinking that's how human beings discern truth oh yeah that's great we actually decide that it's true because of its beauty yeah it, you know we we will think of something as as being not true it, it, here's and here's the thing that the discerning eye can find beauty just about anywhere yeah and therefore truth but the 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 you, there's a noise that happens you know, like if you're looking at, you know, a, a couple of like on my fence at home, I'm looking at at your fence and I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, my fence at home, I've got some spaces where, I, you know, they've got some holes under the fence and it, and it creates this dissonance for me that says, nope, that needs to be fixed. That needs to be repaired. And then I put, you know, a little board I laid in front of it just to to, you know, keep the, the cat from leaving the yard. And it it comforted me for a minute. But that that just anesthetized the dissonance for me mm, it's not that the yeah. dissonance wasn't beautiful gosh ask any yeah. a, any one of these uh you know free free jazz yeah. people i mean dissonance has lots of beauty of course yeah. it does i mean would would uh stanley kubrick be a thing <laughs> right <laughs> you know yeah. i mean dissonance is beautiful no doubt about it but 
you know, it, it can be distracting. It can really take a lot of your attention. And, and there's a, that, you know, there's these nice, tidy little uh, formulas that we, we want to apply to things that don't apply very well in, in some places. And if you give up too soon, then you'll probably be missing some beauty. And if you're missing some beauty, you're probably missing some truth. Mm. And, and to be honest, you know, it's, it's not that you need a whole lot more of it, but there's going to be a part of your body that's going to feel a little bit bad because you you hit on something a minute ago this knowledge thing that you're talking about there's conscious knowledge and there's unconscious mm, knowledge yeah. babies have loads of unconscious yeah, knowledge yeah. infants have loads of unconscious knowledge we hope as adults to step into a consciousness of how all that stuff works and when we do you know just the way i'm talking about this i mean i have some enthusiasm yeah, for this stuff yeah. because when when it lights up you know it's like that light bulb moment you know when you see it in your audience and you see it in in your your uh congregations you know that that some piece of truth just lit yeah. lit them up they just got a, a real hit of that you know, gratification. There's one form or another of gratification that happens there. And we experience that as beauty. Yeah. What you said was beautiful. There was this beautiful thing in what you were saying. And, you know, that's no different than, you know, <laughs> three-leaf clover versus four-leaf clover. I mean, you know, yeah. Na yeah. <laughs> nature has anomalies all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's beautiful in a different way because yeah. of its rarity it's dissonant because you expect three leaves, yeah. but but the four leaf is special. It's yeah. coveted. You know, it's it's you know, I had to look hard and long to to find this. You know, <laughs> that kind yeah. of a thing, right? It's it's the gold of a sort. <laughs> so, you know, gold people that are mining gold, or you know, they they're hoping for this yeah. beauty. They're they're <laughs> definitely hoping for it. It's got real value, but. Gold is everywhere, folks. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. That's why I love being in this backyard. How about those birds, huh? Yeah. Especially that blower bird. If that if that blower bird. You've heard of the bower up, bird. This is a blower, blower bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I find myself back here sometimes where and it's a good it's a good practice to get into. It's like you know, sometimes I'll just go, just try to find something in the backyard that I haven't found. Like, just go pay attention to the That's what's it. growing at the bottom of the tree. There and it's because go. it's like you've got this whole freaking ecosystem. Yes. There's critters all over the place. There's cool plants. There's birds. There's, and I'm amazed at how, much, how many times, like, just in my own little backyard here that I'm so familiar with, how many surprises I can find oh, yeah. if I'll just get quiet and pay attention. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, you, my wife, we'd, I'd, I'd, I'd come get her in the house. I don't know how many times I'd break her away from something that she's doing to say, come check this out. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, it's like a kid that found a fossil, you know, in, yeah. the, in the gravel driveway or something. You know, ooh, look what I found. Well, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. And, and if you take a minute to look, boy, gratification is forthcoming, I promise.
Well, that was a cool conversation. So thank y'all for listening to this episode of Extra Crispy. And hopefully I'll get some more episodes out during this uh, time of exile. In the meantime, go to Facebook this evening and uh, my uh, Crispin Schroeder music page. I'm going live at 8.30 tonight with Crispy Tunes from the Living Room. I think I'll be doing it again uh, Friday night. So uh, it's a fun time. It's interactive. And if you got some requests, feel free to send those in to me. Uh, you can send me a message or post a comment on my Crispin Schroeder music page on Facebook. And uh, we'll be doing that this evening. So good way to pass the time. And uh, until next time, may all your conversations in exile stuck in your own homes be extra crispy. Extra crispy.